0: Luke 24, 1 to 11 says, But on the first day of the week at early dawn they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They are the women that followed Jesus. And they were waiting anxiously for first light because they wanted to prepare Jesus' body for a proper burial. And they weren't able to do it when he was taken down from the cross because Sabbath was coming, and they could do no work on the Sabbath. So at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened, and bowed their faces to the ground. The men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? And then they remembered his words. Here at Morning Hour Chapel this week, we've been looking at the singular focus of Jesus Christ as He set His face towards Jerusalem, towards His arrest, towards His beating, towards the mocking of the soldiers and some of the religious leaders, and towards the cross, towards His death. All the time of Jesus' public ministry which lasted for about three years, Jesus had one singular focus, and that focus was the cross. And it was the cross because He wants us to understand that we are in need of forgiveness for our sins. We are in need of returning to God the Father, who we have sinned against. And God's plan was to send His Son, Jesus Christ, so that we might be forgiven, so that we might be able to return back to the Father. And Jesus' very first preaching we read in Matthew chapter 4 was Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And we sometimes see that as the beginning of his public ministry after he's baptized, after he spends 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness being tempted by Satan. He comes out and he starts teaching and starts preaching in the synagogues. And we look at that as the beginning of his ministry. But this plan, this singular focus happened much, much earlier. It began before he was born. It began before the creation of the world and everything in it. John chapter 1, verses 1-3 to 3 says, "...In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." And when John says, "...the Word," here he is talking about Jesus Christ. "...He was in the beginning with God, all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made." And when we read back to the creation story in Genesis chapter 1, we can see God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit all there, present, just before creation. In Genesis 1, 1 to 3, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form, and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. We see God the Father. We see God the Holy Spirit. And then God said, Let there be. Let there be everything. And the words that He spoke are Jesus Christ, the Word that John talks about in in his first chapter. Let there be Father, Son, Holy Spirit creating all things. But even before that, even before let there be, Jesus' focus was on the cross. In John 17, 5, we read, And now, Father, glorify Me in Your own presence with the glory that I had with You before the world existed, because You loved Me before the foundation of the world. Jesus was there before let there be. He was there with the Father. And Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were glorified together. And this is what we see, that God, even before He spoke the first let there be, He knew He was going to create humans. He was going to create us. And He knew that we were going to fall. He knew that we were going to sin. Before the foundation of the world, we were going to disobey His commandments. And in Genesis 3 we read of Adam and Eve and their disobedience, their sin, we see them turn their backs on God in favor of the possibility of becoming like God themselves. And even in this act of disobedience, this act of rebellion, we see God's plan. In Genesis 3.15, God says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. The word bruise here sometimes is translated as crush. He will crush your head. And God isn't talking about physical enmity here, although I am sure there are more than one person sitting here that would not like to see a snake in the rest of their lifetime. But God's not talking about physical snakes and physical people. God is speaking of spiritual enmity. Because the snake is Satan. The snake tempted Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve succumbed to that temptation. They disobeyed God. And God is speaking of the man who will someday be born of a virgin and bear the Son of God. He's talking about Jesus Christ, right here in Genesis chapter 3. And the singular focus of that Son of God is to bring humans back to God the Father. And we can read all of the events in Jesus' ministry in the Gospels, particularly the events leading up to His death and resurrection, which we have done this week. And as we read, the Holy Spirit wants us to focus on the promise of God's forgiveness and His rescue from eternal death for all who would repent. That is the focus. That is what God wants for us. And Jesus' focus didn't end when He died. Because Jesus rose again just like He said He would. On the third day, the tomb was empty. He presented Himself to many people after His resurrection over the 40 days or so that He stayed with them. Jesus' focus wasn't just on the cross. Now Jesus' focus is on you and it is on me. In Luke twenty thirty six, we read, As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. This is the first time Jesus has appeared before his disciples after his resurrection. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do, you, why do doubts arise in your heart? See my hands and my feet that it is I, touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands. He showed them his feet. And while they were still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you got anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of fish and he took it. And he ate it before them. I mean, can you imagine Jesus standing there in front of his disciples at this point? Guys, it's me. I'm back. You don't have to be afraid. They thought they'd seen a ghost, which was really, really scary. And he said, no, look, here, touch me. I'm real. You can feel me. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. Fine. Give me something to eat. Give me something to eat. I'll eat in front of you. Then you'll know that I'm real. And I don't know why that worked, but it worked. Because then the disciples were like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's really alive, right? The food didn't, like, fall through his body or anything. And they rejoiced. And we read this account of Luke's about the disciples, and a few of us might think, you know, silly disciples. Why didn't they just believe that it was Jesus? Like, we would have had a different reaction, right, if we saw somebody who we had just watched die and was buried all of a sudden show up in our living rooms. I think we would have had the same exact reaction as the disciples. Even the Apostle Thomas, who wasn't there when Jesus first appeared, he didn't see Jesus until like eight days later. And the apostles told him, hey, Thomas, Jesus is alive. He is risen from the grave. We've seen him. And Thomas says, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my fingers into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will not believe. Actually, it says, I will never believe unless those things happen. And as believers in Jesus Christ, we often wonder today, April 9th, 2023, why do people have such a hard time believing in Jesus? But if the people who walked with Him and talked with Him and lived with Him and ate with Him had a hard time believing that Jesus was actually alive... How much more difficult is it 2,023 years later for people to see Jesus born and Jesus killed and Jesus raised from the dead and say, yeah, I'm not sure that I believe that. These are the things that we are looking at today. People who are... Not so much rejecting Jesus, they're just rejecting this idea that he is who he says he is. And I think if we think back to when we were still living in sin, before we met Jesus Christ, weren't we thinking a lot the same way? Yeah, I don't know if I believe all of that Jesus stuff. This is the place where we are today. And after the Thomas incident, and Jesus did, he invited Thomas. He walked right up to him and said, here's my hands. Here's my side. Go ahead. And of course, Thomas then bowed his face before Jesus and said, my Lord and my Savior. And Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet Believe, And that is us today, if we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. In Luke 20, verse 45, Jesus comes to what I think is the real purpose of presenting himself before his disciples, because I think Jesus could have risen from the dead, said a quick hello and left. But that's not what his focus was. And we read, Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Jesus started teaching the disciples all over again. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. That's where we are right now, guys. You're seeing me risen from the dead. Why? that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. And then Jesus says the most important thing for us as we live our lives for Christ, as we seek for people who are lost, you are witnesses of these things. You are witnesses of these things. You've not seen Jesus' body. You have not seen the handprints. You've not seen His feet. You've not seen His side. But when you met Jesus Christ... And you believed that he is who he says he is. You bore witness to God's grace, to God's love, and to God's forgiveness. And that's Jesus' focus. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. He's talking about sending the Holy Spirit. But really what he's saying is, you are witnesses of these things. That I suffered, that I died, that I rose from the dead. That forgiveness is available. And if you believe in Jesus Christ... You have accepted that forgiveness. You have accepted Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. And because Jesus rose again, you are going to someday live with God forever. But right now, on April 9th, 2023, Jesus is saying, My disciples, you have work to do. My disciples, you've got to focus yourself with a singular focus. If you believe in me, if you have repented and received forgiveness for your sins, you've got to tell people. You've got to tell people what happened. You've got to share what you've seen, what you've heard, what you've experienced in your own life. Tell them what your life was like before you met me. And then tell them what your life is like now. Tell them about the peace of Christ. Tell them about the hope that you have in eternal life. Tell them of the Father's forgiveness and let them know that that forgiveness is for them. That is our singular focus. Jesus wants people. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish. It says He's not willing. That doesn't mean they're not going to perish. It means that He wants us to tell them about His forgiveness. He wants us to bring them to the Father. Not only does he want it, he expects it. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. You will tell people about the forgiveness of God the Father. And we may not be able to share that with the whole world, But we might modify that verse a little bit. We might say, you will be my witnesses in East Berlin. You will be my witnesses in Adams County. You will be my witness in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And as some of you move out of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, you're going to be my witnesses in the United States. And some of you are going to decide that God wants you to go and be ministers to people across the world. That is what Jesus expects of us. No matter who we encounter, no matter what is going on, we should be showing Jesus to people. And if you're here this morning and you've received God's forgiveness, you've got to talk about it. You've got to tell people about it. You've got to show people who you were and who you now are in Christ. And if you're here this morning and you don't yet know God's forgiveness, some of these folks want to talk to you. Some of these folks want to share their story. They want to tell you what life was like before Jesus Christ. And they want to tell you what life is like now. They want to tell you about the hope that you can have. They want to tell you about the freedom that you can experience in Christ Jesus. Because on this ninth day of April, 2023, you are who Jesus wants to see repent and see forgiveness and eternal life in God. Morning Hour Chapel Our singular focus has to be those who are lost. Because the Son of God seeks to save what is lost. And we know these folks. We know them. We love them. We experience them every single day. and make disciples of all nations, starting here in East Berlin. Will we start focusing? Will we make that singular focus to do what Christ has told us to do? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we can never they thank you enough for sending your son, Jesus Christ. We can never thank you enough for knowing that we would disobey you, knowing that we would rebel against you, and having a plan to get us back anyway. Father, you could have just ended it all but your love for us, your love for humanity exceeds everything. Father, we thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to die on that cross so that we might be forgiven of our sins. And Father, we thank you that you raised Him on the third day so that we can have the hope of eternal life as we live our lives for Jesus. Father, if there are those here who don't yet know you, we pray that we can find them, they can find us, and together we can point them to you. Father, give us strength, give us courage, give us boldness to proclaim the gospel not just on this Easter Sunday, but every day for the rest of our lives. We pray these names. pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Amen. May the grace of God that lives through Jesus Christ be with you as you leave this place this morning. Cry out that Jesus is our Savior and our Lord. Share that with everyone you come into contact with, and I know possibly the hardest people to do that with are family who don't yet know the Lord. Some of us will see those family today. Don't be afraid to tell your story. God bless you.